Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Well, today I want to talk about God's perspective on giving. And we're entering into the giving season. We're entering into thanksgiving. We're entering into the Christmas season. How many love Thanksgiving and Christmas? I mean, love this time of year. Love this time of year. And, uh, and I believe that the reason why this time of year that we're going into is so special is because when Jesus is in the center of things, giving is in the center of things. All of a sudden, the stingiest, hardest person starts to soften up. The Scrooges of our world, how many Scrooges out there? No, don't raise your hand. (laughs) Begin to be touched by the Spirit of Christ. Christ Christmas. And it's not about the day. It's about the advent of good news that God came into this world. And he's a God of love. And he's a God who gave his son. And so this is an exciting time of year And I want to talk about this whole topic of giving. You know, what I love about our church is we're not afraid to tackle the hardest subjects that we need to tackle. You know, in this world, uh, when you talk about giving, especially in the church, people tighten up, you know. But I declare in the name of Jesus, the truth shall, shall set us free in this whole area of giving, because the whole Bible is about giving, from Genesis to Revelation. It's about God giving to us. It's about us giving to others. Jesus said the two greatest commandments are love him, give him your heart, and love your neighbor. Give your neighbor part of you. So we're going to talk about the subject of giving and what the Bible teaches about it. Does God really care about how we give. Does God really care about how much we give? Well, I'm going to teach some things today that are going to show that God really cares about our hearts and how, and, and how we give and how much we give. This is an important topic to God. So let's raise our hands and say, Jesus set me free that I may be prospered and be used by you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... When we look in the book of Chronicles, chapter 4, we read about this man. His name was Jabez. And, um, you know, Wilkerson, the author who put this prayer into a book, has sold millions and millions and millions of copies about this famous prayer. And so in the book of Chronicles, it reads in verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave Birth to him in pain. And some of you moms are saying, that's what I should have named my kid, because it was a lot of pain. Jabez cried out to God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And when we look at the entirety of the Bible, you see that this man is not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible but this passage of Scripture. 
And it makes you wonder, why did God put him in this passage of Scripture? And why did God compare him to his brothers? You know, we always say, don't compare, you know, your, your children to each other. That's not a healthy thing. Well, God compares him to his brothers and says he was more honorable. So why does God do that? I think the answer can be found in the very first book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, where it says in Genesis 1, verse 4, about another comparison that God makes between brothers. And it says, In Abel, who brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. So when we look at this, we say, God honored Jabez and said he was more honorable than his brothers because Jabez was a man who offered God his giving that was acceptable to God. Just like Abel's giving, his offering was acceptable to God. God poured favor on Abel. God poured favor on Jabez. Now, what's interesting, too, about this passage of Scripture, it says that Cain was angry and his face was downcast. You know that people still get angry when you talk about giving? Don't talk about giving. Don't talk about giving in the church. You know what they say? The church only wants your money. Exactly what the devil wants us not to talk about is giving. Because as we become like Christ, we become givers. As we become givers, we become like Christ. What a deception. And we're going to see this word used again in Scripture, deception. And it goes on, and Paul brings up Abel again in the New Testament. And he says, by faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. He's comparing again. And he's raising up this notion of the offering, of giving. That he's highlighting this area of giving. By faith, Abel brought a God better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. Interesting. He was commended as righteous, as being right before God because of his giving. And by faith, Abel still speaks. We're talking about him right now. This scripture is from thousands of years ago. Abel is still speaking. God is still speaking about giving, the importance of giving, even though he is dead. This truth, God is saying, is still relevant today. Let us get this truth, because I believe when you start getting this truth, it sets you free. It brings healing. It brings deliverance. It brings a right mindset And it gives you opportunity to tap into everything God has for us as a people. Write this down if you're taking notes. Two things. God does take notice of your giving. We're answering that question today. Does God really care about our giving? Does he really care how much we give? Number one, God does take notice of our giving. Why? We see it in this passage of Scripture. Giving is a measure of your faith. In this passage of scripture, it talks about faith 
Not one time, not two times, three times. It denotes that, that by faith, Abel gave. By faith, not fear, not stinginess, not a worldly mindset. By faith, he gave. And it says it three times. And number two, God does respond to your giving. God takes notice of your giving, and God responds to your giving. In Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let me show you something. Illustration. What's amazing about Scripture, the power of truth, is that it's true. Isn't that a deep revelation? (laughs) But if I give a little, guess what? I drink a little. I hope this water is is not poisoned. (laughs) What I give, what measure I measure, it's measured unto me. Why do I have little? You give little. Give more. As you give more, guess who's blessed by more? Especially in a hot, hot day. And there's a beautiful glass of lemonade. You know? If it was a hot day, and, it, and, and, and you're, you're, you know, perspiring, and you need a drink really bad, and someone comes up to you and gives you a little tiny bit, you're not going to be happy with that person. Tell you that, you know. I remember one day um, I was outside cutting the grass and it was really, really hot. And uh, I came into the house and I was so thirsty. And that's unusual for me because I don't, my thirst glands don't work, whatever glands they are that, that make you thirsty. I'm just never thirsty. I can go work out for hours and there's nothing in me that says take a drink. So I have to force myself to drink. But this day it was really hot and I was thirsty. So I come running in. And I go into the fridge, and I see this beautiful, beautiful bottle of salsa. So I take it, I grab the salsa, start downing it, and all of a sudden, I realize it was white vinegar. (laughs) I almost died. (laughs) Literally. I'm trying to, you know, over the sink. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my wife's named Lori. Lori. Are you trying to kill me? And I didn't realize, she didn't realize my mom had given her some white vinegar in a seltzer container. She put it in the fridge. But let me show you what, what happens. The Bible says, as you give, God gets involved. And not only are you drinking, but it's pouring out. And everyone around you starts being blessed because you are an amazing giver the house of the Lord. See, in Galatians, God talks about this topic, and he says to us, don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Don't be deceived. Why does God come and say these strong words to us as his people? Don't be deceived. You will reap what you sow. You know, um, 
this very, very wealthy man, his name was R.G. Laterna. He, um, he, he used to build uh, machinery, machinery tractors and stuff that, that, that worked on land. And he was, he was filthy rich. He was very, very wealthy. And um, he had like over 300 inventions, hundreds of patents. He was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And he felt his calling, quote, was to be a businessman for God. And he gave over 90%. Picture this. Everything that God gave him, he gave to the house of the Lord, the church, Christian organizations, over 90% of his wealth. And he says this, I shovel out the money and God shovels it back. But God has made a bigger shovel. Whose shovel do you want? You want your little broken down snow shovel? Or do you want God's shovel operating in your life? What did I hear? You want God's shovel. Amen. But your giving will be commensurate with two things. Number one, you give as you trust. As you learn to trust God, your giving increases. As you learn to trust God, your giving increases. You know, and what's amazing about trust is that trust is dependent upon how you see God. If you see God as the biblical God, what we talked about last week, that God is a God who's able, who's capable, who wants to bless you, who wants to help you, who wants to be in your life. You trust him, and you can give him not only your heart, you give him everything, your finances, your money, the things you own, your house. Amen? This is the truth. How you see God, how you trust God, will determine how you give. Where's is Amari and Christina? Come up. Let me show you a picture. You guys are in trouble. <laughs> Christina, come here. You stand just like that. Amari, look at this lovely couple. Okay. Now, I don't know if you guys ever played this game when you were kids, the trust game, right? If you see God as a big God, if you see God as a God who's capable and able, you will trust him because you see him as God with a capital G. Close your eyes, Christina. Now, if you trust God, you give everything to him. You give him your problems, you give him your financial problems, you give him burdens of life, right? I want you to trust God. Christina, go ahead, trust him. Go ahead. All right. Now, I want you to trust him a little more. Because God will come and cause you to have to trust him a little bit more. Because God wants to work on your faith. That's awesome. Now, what happens is, when you don't trust God, you think your issues, your problems... Okay? Are too big. Because you don't see God as a God who's able. He's a small God with a small G. 
Come here. But I don't care how big you are. I don't care how big your problems are. If you see God with a capital G, you still trust Him. And your problems might get deeper and bigger. You still trust Him. Amen. Let's thank these guys from up there. Hey, how about that swag that they're wearing, huh? Legacy swag. <laughs> we have some great hats, too, that people wear. But God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to trust Him. And this is the only area in the Bible about giving, honoring Him with your tithe and your giving, where God actually says, you can prove me in this. You can prove me in this. See? See, when Christina was falling into Amari's arms, she was testing him to see. You know, let me tell you something. I'm happy they didn't have a fight this morning because he probably would have dropped her, you know? But she tested, and he was there because he's able, he's capable, he's strong. Secondly, your giving will be commensurate with your love. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, the more you love, the more you give. The more you give, the more you receive. That's the biblical formula. That's the truth. That's the truth. The problem is that we live in a world of untruths. Our minds and our natural man are enemies of God, the Bible says. Our natural thinking fights, actually fights against the Spirit of God. But God wants us to walk in truth, walk in victory, because the truth is what sets us free. So the more you love, the more you give. The more you give, the more you receive. You know the Bible says, the Bible says to test him, to, that, that we must show ourselves approved. We must show ourselves approved. You know, when I was chasing after my wife, I had to give her some things. Okay? I had to give her a lot of things. But she was worth giving to. I had to give her my heart. I had to give her my strength. I remember um, when I was dating my wife, and we, I used to play baseball, softball, and... Um, I had, to, I had to prove myself, okay? I had to prove myself to her. So it was miraculous because every time she came to a game, I would hit a home run uh, or sometimes more. And after we got married, I could not get, hit another home run <laughs> because I was proving myself. I was proving, that's true. I'm, I'm not fibbing here, all right? It's, and I, I was proving myself. But I had to give her things. I had to prove my love to her. Giving is a sign of love. See? And the world would say, give to everything. Give to your addictions. Give to the bar. Have a bar tab of $100, $150. Give to buy stuff that you can't take with you. Everything else is okay to give to but the Lord and his house. What did God say? 
Do not be deceived. So it's okay to give the drug addiction, to give the alcoholism, to give the everything else. Don't be deceived. Give to the Lord. Break those things. Break those things. Give to the Lord. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. He so loved the world that he gave. Extreme giving produces extreme life. Extreme giving produces extreme life. Write this down. Giving is the seed that God uses to produce life. You know, it's interesting that the Bible says, if you want friends, you have to give friendship. You want friends? Give friendship. Everything comes from giving, a heart of giving. So we're, at, we're answering the question, does God care about our giving? Does God look down and, and look at our giving and look at our offerings? And we see throughout the Bible that he does. And what's, when, when you look at Scripture, God highlights, he shines a light on people who function in excellence in this area of giving. You know, when we read about the boy with the five loaves and two fishes, why does the Bible put, why didn't the Bible just say, you know, that, that Jesus made, did a miracle and he fed 5,000 people, you know? Why does he elevate this little boy? Because the boy gave everything he had. God took everything he had and he multiplied it. I guarantee you that that young boy went home with baskets of food. Because that's what God does. God blesses those that give. We read the story of Jesus standing in the temple, watching people as they give to the offering. And the, and the widow with the two mites, which is basically you know, about $2. And, uh, and here she comes, and everyone's giving lots of money, you know. And they're kind of you know, showing off about how much they're giving. Giving is not about um, you know, how much it's, you give in currency. It's about how much you love and what the why behind the giving. She comes, and Jesus elevates her in the Bible and says she gave all that she had. She gave all that she had. And then we look in the Old Testament, and we see Elijah who goes up to a widow and her son, and they were dying, literally dying of starvation. And the Bible says they had one more meal, and then they would die from starvation. And Elijah comes and says, give it to me. Give it to me. Now, to you and me, in the natural mind, we say, what kind of jerk is this guy? This lady's dying of starvation. She has a kid, and he comes along and wants to eat her meal. If someone came into my house and wanted to eat my last dish of pasta, they'd be in big trouble, okay? (laughs) Big trouble. But he comes along. Why? Because God was using this man to test her faith and to speak to us thousands of years later. That not only did, did she not die of starvation, but her oil never ran, ran out. And then later on, her son dies, and Elijah raises him from the dead. God is able to do exceedingly abundant, more than you can ask to think. You can never, ever outgive God. Then we see Jesus teaching us about prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, it's all about asking God to give. We're asking God to give to us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
Forgive us, Lord, our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So what are we saying? We're saying, God, give. Give me your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Joy, peace, goodness. Freedom from things I need to be set free. God, give us your will. Guide our lives. I'm going to need a little bit more time today so you can just... My, my ear immediately goes to music because I love music. God, give us your will. See, God, give me your will. Let me not live this life missing my entire purpose on earth. God, give me this day. Give me this day. Give me health. Give me life. God, give me my daily bread. Provide for my needs. God, give me forgiveness so that I may live eternally with you. God, deliver me from evil. Protection. God, give me protection. But we see in, in the Lord's Prayer this very powerful truth that the Lord says, you want all these things? I want to give them to you. But you must first forgive. Look at that word, forgive. To receive, you must forgive. You must give first. Come on. Jesus says you must give first. You must forgive to receive anything from him. A powerful truth of giving. You know, we're moving forward as a church, and I want us to, to understand the power of giving, that our giving isn't just taking money out of our pockets and throwing it into a basket. It's very powerful. It, it dictates who we are in Christ. And it shows to God who we are. And God looks upon us and he uses our giving for not only our benefit, but the benefit of all those that are in our lives and the benefit of a community that the church is, is planted in. Hey, in that bag, you need to take out those stickers, not now, and say the best is yet to come. And you need to put it in your house, in your car, and declare that over your life. Amen? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. There's little stickers in there. They peel back. You can put them on, on things. Put that in front of you. Pray it for you. But there's a card that says the time is now. Today is the opportunity. But I love the, the scripture on the top of this card. It says, then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly. For with a whole heart they had offered freely for the Lord. And I just want to read this. It says, We are growing and together we're changing lives through the love of Christ and the generous hearts of good people. Please pray. Stretch your faith and ask the Lord for his guidance in providing a sacrificial offering at this time for the needs of our church. Building the house of God for our families, for our lives, for our families, and to advance the gospel in our world will be our greatest eternal accomplishment. There will be nothing greater that you and I can do than to build the Lord's house and to bring families who need Jesus to Christ and to eternal life. Your giving will provide for staffing, office and youth space, equipment, other items needed to upgrade and maintain continued excellence in our ministries. Okay, look up to me right now. We as a church are advancing 
And so as it, we, we, we need to, to raise $100,000 so that we can further the ministries of this house. There's all kinds of things that we need. You know, we, we need to, to work on our, our projector system, things up, up here on the platform. Our children's ministry is growing. We need to provide for them. Our youth space, now we have to pay for space because we want something for our youth because we're believing we're going to win the schools for Jesus Christ. And we needed a place for that. We needed office space. We need, we need uh, funds for staffing. You know, we put Carlos on staff. We need help. We need help. This is our church. This is our family. Now, let me tell you about the faith that's in this house. It's always been in this house. I remember years ago, Pastor Steve came to the church and said, said listen, um, God has been speaking to me, and we need to bless, feed the children. I think there was a hurricane or something, and, 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 and they needed help. And God has spoken to me that we need to help and bless, feed the children. We're going to take an offering, and we, need to, we want to give, feed the children. This is not for our church. This is for a ministry that helps with kids in, in different catastrophic situations. We're going to take an offering. And, and we need to raise $100,000. In one offering, the people of this church gave $100,000 to feed the children. God looks upon that and says, I will bless this people. I will take care of this people. I will bless their children. I will bless their children. And we look from that point forward, we see the youth ministry of this church has literally changed the lives of thousands of kids because of the offering of the people. I remember when we built our first building and we went to the people and said, hey, listen, this is our church. You know, we need a building. We didn't have a place. We didn't have a school like this. We were in a warehouse. We needed a building. Over $1 million came in because of faithfulness and generosity and the giving hearts of the people. Last year, a little over a year ago, we came to this congregation, all our congregations, and said, listen, God wants us to take providence. God wants us to take providence. You know, we talk about evangelism. We talk about missionary work and giving to, to missions and winning Africa and China for Jesus. Well, God wants us to win providence. Let's sow. And this church, this campus here, raised $75,000 in an offering we sowed into providence. People, when you and I pass, the Lord's going to say, do you know that offering you gave? Let me show you how many lives and families have been saved. Let me show you how many kids without parents found a home because of your offering. Well, now is the time for us as a family, as a community, where we're saying, hey, guys, this is our church. This is our family. What are we going to do for our kids? What are we going to do for our ministries? What are we going to do? Are we going to give? Or are we going to spend on everything else but the house of the Lord. And so we need to raise $100,000, and this is easy. It's easy. And I want to leave you with this. I want you to take this card home, and I want you to pray. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to you, because the last thing we want is, is, is giving out a compulsion. Okay? We don't want to have Cain's face. We want to have a cheerful face. I don't want to be Cain. You don't want to be Cain. We want to be Abel. We want to be Jabez. Lord, consider me acceptable. When you compare me, let me be acceptable. Then my house, my life will be blessed. 
And maybe I'll be written in the book when I face you in heaven. Well, take this scripture home. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you. And I believe this church is kindled with love. We love one another. The families love one another. This house is filled with love. Can you feel the love of Christ when you come here? This house is filled with love. And it goes on to say, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Let's excel in giving. And two questions that you should ask yourself, and this is what we ask ourselves, my wife and I, my family, when when we give, is number one, is what I am giving an excellent offering? Am I excelling in the grace of giving? Is it an excellent offering? Wow, what a great offering from this family. What a great offering from this person. Number two, is this offering a sacrifice or is it easy to do? See, are you giving in faith or is this easy for you to do? Give in faith. Give in faith. And sometimes giving in faith, you've got to close your eyes. You've got to close your eyes and trust in the Lord. Amen? Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our 11 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.